Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories. This is the podcast which tells the life and teachings of Jesus without preaching. I'm George Taylor. I'm your storyteller. In our last episode, we told of the torture and the execution of Jesus. Now, for me, that was a very tough story to tell. It was probably a tough story to hear. As we close the episode, Jesus has died. But I told you that this was not the end of the story. It's really only the beginning, and we'll get a taste of that beginning in this episode. Let me remind you that these episodes are available to you because you support us. We reach about 2,000 people per month with this story. Not everybody can give financially, but some of you can, and I want to encourage you, who can, to visit our website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab to find out the ways that you can help us out. All of you can share the podcast with your family and your friends, maybe even complete strangers. If you just go to the website, jesusstories.info, click on the Share This Podcast tab for social media links and a special idea for sharing with others that really works. I've done it. Or just tell your friends and your family to visit the website, jesusstories.info, and take a listen. Now, as we closed last time, I said that Jesus is hanging on a cross. He has just died, speaking the words, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And when he died, three events occurred. The scriptures indicate that they may have occurred simultaneously. First, the curtain in the sanctuary of the Jewish temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, what does that mean? Allow me to explain. In the sanctuary of the Jewish temple, there were various divisions of areas which had specific purposes, and some had limited access only to priests and or high priest. The most holy place was shielded from the rest of the temple by a curtain, and only the high priest could enter this place. Inside the most holy place was the Ark of the Covenant, built by the people of Israel after they escaped their slavery in Egypt. And it was here that the high priest would encounter the presence of Jehovah God. The curtain dividing the most holy place from the rest of the temple is now ripped apart from the top to the bottom. What would that mean? Well, it was Jehovah God's way of saying that access to him is now available to everyone, not just the high priest. That access is now granted through Jesus Christ. 
The second event was an earthquake. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. For the Jews of this time, an earthquake was a reminder of the judgment and glory of Jehovah God. Concurrent with the earthquake, tombs were opened up. The scriptures go on to tell us that many godly men and women were raised from the dead, resurrected. After Jesus' resurrection, that event comes a little later, they went into Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Now, these events terrified the Roman soldiers, but they recognized the source of the events, stating this man truly was the Son of God. Not far away were women who were watching all these events transpire. Scriptures name three of them for us, Mary Magdalene, the Mary who is the mother of James and Joseph, and Salome. Now, we've met some of these women before at various points in Jesus' ministry. These women watched these events while the crowd goes home in sadness. Now, understand that Jesus was crucified on a Friday. He died on a Friday. That's the day before the Sabbath. And since it's a Passover week, this is a special Passover. This day is called Preparation Day. It's the day to prepare for the Sabbath, to do the work required to celebrate the Sabbath. Remember, I've told you before that Sabbath was a day in which no work was to be done. The Jews also did not want anyone hanging on a cross on the Sabbath, and especially on a Passover Sabbath. Jehovah God had previously told his people that no one was to be hanging on a tree overnight because such a person was under a curse. So the Jewish leaders asked Pilate to hasten the deaths of the men on the cross. That was done by breaking their legs. Once this was done, the men on the cross couldn't push up to catch a breath. So death would have come quickly. Without this intervention, a death could actually take days. The soldiers break the legs of the two criminals who were crucified with Jesus. When they came to Jesus... They found that he was already dead. While they didn't break his legs, in order to ensure that he was dead, one soldier took a spear and jabbed it into his side. Blood and water flowed out. This is a prophecy fulfilled, which said, Not one of his bones will be broken, and they will look on the one they pierced. Usually, after a crucifixion, the bodies are placed in a mass grave by the Romans or just left on a cross to rot. However, in this case, there was an intervention. We meet a rich man from Arimathea. His name is Joseph. Luke tells us that he was a good and righteous man, that he was a member of the Jewish high council. This is the same council who had voted to have Jesus put to death. He didn't agree with the decision Joseph is a follower of Jesus, a believer in Jesus, but he does this in secret. He took a chance. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Now, Pilate was surprised to hear that Jesus was already dead. And after confirming this, he does give the body to Joseph. So Joseph, accompanied by Nicodemus, we met him in episode six, if you remember, they brought about 75 pounds of burial ointments made from myrrh and aloes. And following their customs, they wrapped Jesus with the ointments in long sheets of linen cloth. 
Jesus' body was then placed in a new tomb that was owned by Joseph, a tomb carved from a rock. They rolled a great stone across the entrance, and then they left. Now, according to custom, this was not the final burial. There would be more spices and ointments to honor Jesus at a later time. But let me talk about this tomb for a moment. Remember I told you Joseph was a wealthy man, so this tomb was the resting place for someone of wealth. It literally was cut out of a rock face. It would have a low passage into it. It would be sealed off with a cut disc-shaped stone that rolled in a slot that was cut into the rock. The slot would be inclined or slanted to allow the stone to easily roll into place to seal the tomb. But that heavy stone would take several men to roll it up the slant to reopen the tomb. I told you about the women who were watching, and they had been watching all the events of Jesus' death, but they also watched as Joseph and Nicodemus laid Jesus to rest. They went home to prepare spices and ointments to anoint his body. That would happen after the Sabbath. Jesus' followers honor the Sabbath by worshiping Jehovah God. Now, it's Sabbath. We're on the Sabbath day. The leading priests and the Pharisees go to see Pilate. Sir, we remember that deceiver once said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise up from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at the first. Pilate agrees. And he orders the guards be posted by the tomb and the tomb be sealed the best they knew how. Now on Sunday morning, the day after the Sabbath, there is a great earthquake. An angel of Jehovah God comes down from heaven. He rolls that stone aside and he sits on it. Matthew describes the angel for us. He says, his face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. Now, this scared the guards, as you might expect. <laughs> they faint. Now, as the Sabbath ended, on Saturday evening prior, and by the Jewish clock and calendar, this would have been about 6 p.m. on a Saturday, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome went out and bought spices for anointing Jesus' body. Now, I told you they would anoint him with more spices later on. So, at sunrise on Sunday, they go to the tomb. They wonder as they walk along, who's going to roll the stone away for us? Remember, I told you that that would take several men to do. They arrive at the tomb and find that the stone has already been rolled aside. They enter the tomb and find what appears to be two men dressed in white robes sitting on the right side of the tomb. One of them speaks to them. Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. Did you catch all of that? Jesus is no longer dead. While he was crucified and certified to be dead by the experts of the Roman army, he is now alive. 
And this is just what he had predicted to his disciples. He would be killed and then be resurrected. Now it is the job of these women to tell this news to the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus has gone to Galilee. This is also what he told them that he would do. He would meet them in Galilee. Now, why mention Peter? Remember, Peter is the one who denied that he even knew Jesus. The women are bewildered, probably frightened. They do as the angel tells them. Mary Magdalene leaves the tomb. She goes to Peter and the others and tells them the news. But in her confusion, she reports that someone has taken the Lord's body from the tomb, but she doesn't know where it is. Peter and John run to the tomb. John gets there first, and he stoops to look inside. He sees the linen wrapping lying there, but he didn't go in. Peter arrives, and he goes in. He notes the wrappings. The wrapping over Jesus' head was lying separately from the rest of the wrapping, and John finally goes in, too. He believes, for until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. And then they go home. Now, one of the women, Mary Magdalene, she's standing outside the tomb, weeping. She looks inside the tomb and sees the angels we mentioned earlier. One was sitting at one end of the place where Jesus' body had been placed, the other at the other end. Why are you crying? They ask. Because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. She leaves the tomb and sees a man standing in the garden. Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Mary, thinking that he is the gardener, replies, Sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. The gardener replies, Mary. At that moment, she realizes that the gardener is really Jesus, and she cries out, Rabboni, and that means teacher. Jesus tells her, don't cling to me, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. Go, find my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. She runs off to pass the word to the disciples. Jesus meets them and he greets them. They bow at his feet and worship him. And he tells them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee. They will see me there. Now, some of the guards, you remember them? They had fainted. Some of the guards from the tomb, they go to the leading priest to tell them what's happened. They call a meeting with the elders and decide that the best way to handle this situation is to bribe the guards. So they tell them to say that Jesus' disciples came during the night and stole his body. If the governor hears about this, we'll back up your story. The soldiers accept the bribe tell the story, a story which is spread among the Jews. If they hadn't accepted this bribe, by the way, they would have been killed. Later that day, two of Jesus' followers set out from Jerusalem, walking to the village of Emmaus, some seven miles away. They talk about all the events of the weekend. Jesus comes, and he begins walking with them. They didn't recognize him because God kept his identity from them. Jesus asks them, hey, what are you guys talking about? That stops them. Clopas, one of them, says, you've got to be the only person in Jerusalem who doesn't know what's happened in the last few days. What's happened? Jesus asked. The stuff that happened to Jesus, they say. 
He was a prophet. He did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Jesus castigates them. You foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? So using the passages from the writings of Moses and the prophets, Jesus, whom these guys still don't recognize, explains all of the passages that were about himself. As they get closer to their destination, Emmaus, Jesus acts like he's going to go on further, but they beg him to spend the night with him since it's getting late. Jesus goes home with them, and when they sit down to eat, he takes the bread, blesses it, breaks it, gives it to them, and at that point, the identity of Jesus was revealed to them. They recognized him, and Jesus disappears. But these men are stunned. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? They hurried back to Jerusalem and find the other disciples and tell their story. The others confirmed it. The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. These disciples were all together. They were hiding behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. As they were hearing this story of Clopas encounter with Jesus, Jesus himself suddenly appears there with them, and he says to them, peace be with you. The whole group was startled and frightened. They thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus tries to allay their fears. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure I'm not a ghost, because Ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. He shows them his hands and his feet, and they stand there. They're not believing, but they're also filled with wonder and joy. I'm sure they wanted to believe. This is their beloved rabbi whom they are grieving, but there he is, right there in front of them. Jesus asks them if they have anything to eat. They give him a piece of broiled fish, which he ate as they watched. Jesus speaks again. When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. He continues, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then Jesus breathes on them, saying, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, They are not forgiven. This is a lot for Jesus' disciples to take in. It may be a lot for you to take in, too. What has just happened? Let me just kind of walk through this. First of all, Jesus is visiting his disciples who are hidden away in a locked room or a house. And apparently, that lock doesn't mean anything to him. 
Then he eats fish, proving he is alive, and he has given to them what was promised to them, the Holy Spirit. This is the promise we talked about in episode 41. The Holy Spirit will guide them, give them words to speak and comfort, but it could not be given to the disciples until Jesus had been crucified. Finally, he has given them some of the authority they would have as an apostle, a disciple who has seen Jesus and is sent out to tell the story. Jesus' time on earth is not yet done. There are some more instructions to offer to the disciples. There will be a dramatic ascension into heaven, but we'll have to save that for our next episode. Please allow me to remind you that these podcasts are coming to you because of your support for this effort, support in prayer as well as financial. And if you'd like to join the cadre of folks who do support us financially, visit our website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab. Now, if you know anything of the story of Jesus, you know that we are coming to the end of the story of Jesus' sojourn on earth. However, this is not the last Jesus story. This podcast will be entering a new phase of storytelling. We're going to hear the stories of people, both historical as well as people who are alive now, and how their encounters with Jesus affected their lives. So, I have a question for you. Do you have a story to tell? I'd love to hear from you. You go to the website, jesusstories.info, click on the Talk to Us tab. You'll find an email address as well as links to social media where you can DM me on any of those platforms. Give me a taste of your story. We might feature it in the next season of Jesus Stories. And if you're not sure if your story is worth telling, write to me anyway. We'll figure it out together. Next time on Jesus Stories, we'll talk about the one disciple who didn't believe that Jesus was resurrected. We'll hear how Peter, the one who denied that he knew Jesus, was brought back into Jesus' grace over breakfast. And we'll receive the instructions for the future work of the followers of Jesus and watch as Jesus ascends to his heavenly home. That's in two weeks on the next Jesus Stories episode. See you there. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.